you have these groups that they are being pushed out there into the mainstream and those are the options if you're not creating your own music writing your own music as a body as a church through your worship band through your singer-songwriters that you have locally in the Caribbean throughout the Caribbean if you're not doing that then the only other option that you have is to to sing what's popular out there Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Is it like the new new special effects for the show? No, just uh, I'm just uh, showing off my talent. <laughs> A talent, huh? Yep. Not only can I sing, not only can I talk, I can make this sound. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, if you could, <laughs> if you can... Uh, if you can do a song in those bops, I guess is what you would call it. Then, uh, yeah, okay, you know, all right, okay, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe that's one of the tracks on an on an upcoming album for you. You never know, you know. You never know. Sorry, we're a little off track already. <laughs> already, yeah, we're yeah, off yeah. track. Already, yeah. That's right. Sorry about that's that, right. folks. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, a great conversation with. Monique Therese. We're going to be chatting oh, yeah. with her about what she's doing in the CCM world, uh, and she lives in the Caribbean. Oh, man. Oh, Stop there. So we're going to see what her journey has been like in the Bahamas, while, of course, she's eyeing what's happening in the bigger markets like North America and Europe. Overall, Drew, I got to say I'm a little jealous. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Grammy Awards yesterday. Yes. Uh, um, did you watch? Now I didn't watch. I don't have cable, but you know, I you know Twitter. So Twitter was telling me all the good stuff about the awards, and I we spent the morning watching a few performances here at house. That's okay. kind of a tradition. It's like Monday morning after the Grammys, we watch the performances over breakfast. I found the the Twitter feed to be a little disorganized. I agree. Okay, I thought it was just me. Yeah, I know. Same it, here. The, the, yeah. There were some like I was I was looking particularly for the Christian. Uh, Christian winnings, as as it were, like mm-hmm. Christian contemporary Christian song of the year and artist or album of the year, as well as the gospel side, and they had tweeted three of them, and the the one for I guess it was the song of the year, Christian contemporary song of the year. Like two yeah. hours later, they tweeted it. It was almost like it was in their drafts, and they forgot to tweet yeah, it or something like it. that. Yeah, and and I yeah. noticed that for some of the other other categories too, it was a little late and just sporadic yeah. and stuff. It's just like man, this is this is kind of odd. Understanding, of course, that a lot of those awards are part of the pre-show, right? right? That they That's don't right. happen during exactly. the big awards. Like the, the exactly. main event is where all the big awards that people are looking towards. Not That's to right. say they're bigger than anything else, but they're the more recognized awards and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, on the Christian side, that's done a few hours before, as well as a bunch yeah. of other categories as well. Um, yeah. The the pre show, I gotta say, <laughs> it wasn't uh, it wasn't really up to par either. <laughs> Fair enough. It was uh, it was a virtual event. Uh, there were a whole bunch of technical glitches. I uh, couldn't hear the host at times. 
Um, because it was virtual, you know, some of the winners or at least nominees at that point are logged in, I suppose, but they've got all their mics on mute. And so they find out they win and they forget to take their mics off of mute. Oh, and so man. you see them talking, but you don't hear them. You know, that happened oh, a few times. Yeah. It was just, it, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> these these live events are so much better to to deal with so right? much better when they're physically in person so that was the that was the thing about the pre-show i didn't see the grammys themselves um yeah. that's that's past my bedtime so i haven't that's seen fair. i haven't seen anything i've read some of the comments online um but i haven't seen them might you know i they start when i go to bed and then i get up early in the morning to do the, to do the show i'm at work now so maybe tonight i'll see some of the highlights yeah, there we go. Yeah, I had the same experience with the pre-show. Um, we watched a little bit, and um, you know, I was what you know, we watched some of the jazz stuff. And uh, this is amazing artist Michael League. He he he's a leader of this team called Snarky Puppy. He's an incredible jazz band. And watching him um, talk about his award was like, it's like Les Nessman from WKRP. And the weather outside is. It was like really, really bad. It was like the audio was horrible. But but you know what? Generally speaking, the award show kind of just did what it did. I'm not surprised that Taylor won album of the year. Right. That I mean, I called it when the album first came out. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be album of the year for sure. It's a good album. Um, Phoebe Bridgers should have won something because her album is fantastic. But let's jump into uh, to the the gospel side of things. Well, hang on, hang on, like, Beyonce. Oh, yeah. um, oh I think this my, yeah. Is her thirty eighth award. Does she something need another Grammy? Like Does she need something another Grammy? Something nuts like that. It was like twenty eight or something. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, she's she's yeah she's nonstop. She's unstoppable. Yeah, I think she deserved a few more awards. I I know you're gonna laugh at that, but there's a few categories. I'm like, she probably should have won right there. But that's okay. She she's incredible. She's a queen. I love her. I was surprised uh, because I haven't really been following her very much, and sure. I was I was just sure. pleasantly surprised to hear her name. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, right. Oh, fair enough. Oh, she's right. still in yeah. the run, and she's still doing stuff because I really haven't followed her career, to be honest. So, fair enough. so the fact yeah. that she's won and she's still out there performing and doing the music thing, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the greats. Yeah. Um, best uh, uh, gospel performance song. Um, it went to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. John Dickman Reynolds and Mally Music. Yeah. Which again is like, yeah, yeah, saw that coming. Great stuff. Great track. Um, so so good. Gospel gospel album this year went to uh, PJ uh, Morton, my, my guy. PJ yeah, Morton, yeah. my guy. Yeah. yeah. That was so that was a prediction so you made to me already as well. That's right. The that's gospel right, according right. to PJ. That's right. What a great album title as well. Eh? It's and it's such a great record. Yeah. It is a fantastic record. And so, best contemporary Christian uh, song went to Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. So, yes, um, Zach is back with another Grammy. That's awesome. I didn't predict that. I, I was actually surprised. But you know, you get a big name like Dolly, and that just kind of escalates the, the whole the whole thing yeah right? so completely uh, awesome for him that was the late tweet that we were talking about earlier <laughs> yes that's a, yes <laughs> like, totally. i was looking for it it's like what the heck I, like i knew i knew he won at that point but i'm yeah, looking yeah. i'm looking for the tweet from the recording uh academy and yeah. and i and i didn't see it till you know literally a couple of hours later so so good yeah, yeah. and then of course oh, um good. best contemporary christian music album went to your buddy <laughs> Your, your personal which, which buddy, pretty much, which pretty much went to me. Let's let's be honest. Kanye West, Jesus is King. It goes to me. Let's let's be real. 
Sure. That's, that's me. You're, you're welcome, Kanye. We can share in that. We can it's share it's that. because you've been plugging him all along and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know telling everybody to listen to the album. So That's right. You've been doing that for a year now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's like even um, when we watched the highlights this morning, the kids were like, oh my gosh, yeah. Because um, his album and the PJ Morton album are kind of like our Sunday morning albums. Right. Like, yeah, like even when we used to go to church, <laughs> we would listen to Kanye on a way on the way driving to church. Right. Um, just one of our things. And now now we do PG Morton on Sunday morning before church starts. So it's it's like, yeah, it, it felt like we won. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. You did absolutely nothing. We did nothing. <laughs> you just yeah. listen. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Well, that was the Grammys, and it is time to get to our conversation with Monique Therese. And uh, as we indicated earlier, this is, uh, I'm I'm jealous because of the fact that she lives in the Bahamas. <laughs> but what's it like doing CCM music in the Bahamas? And it yeah, might surprise yeah. you because, you know, when you go to visit one of the islands, you're right. not necessarily listening to C- CCM music. You're listening to the right. reggae and, and whatever else, yeah. right? Yes. So, yeah. so this is a little different. This isn't as uh, prevalent a, um, a music genre that you would consider in the Caribbean. Right. So we're going to get mm-hmm. her take on it. Let's get Between the Grooves right now with Monique Therese. and stuff i understand pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you've obviously listened to the podcast many of our listeners are from canada and uh, so obviously we can't wait for the warmer weather so i'm a little jealous right now yes yes the weather here is it's amazing today is even um it's perfect today nice and breezy it's probably about 80 maybe 85 90 degrees uh (sighs) the most it's perfect beautiful weather today Okay, that that ends this conversation. I'm done. Like we're, com- I'm gonna we're hop, coming over, hopping we're on the plane, over. and I'll be there yeah. in a minute. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yes. yeah. That is yeah, awesome. We'll be there. Um, so, tell us, Monique, what's it like being a Christian artist in the Caribbean? Mm-hmm. Well, um, there are some differences, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of similarities as well. Um, as a Christian artist, um, you have a lot of um, Christian artists who also lead worship at their local churches and, um, you know, recording um, may look different, but you have some artists who um, tend to record locally or they go abroad. Um, They would go to the United States to connect with other producers, um, you know, within the United States or, you know, Europe or throughout the Caribbean. Um, But basically, I mean, there's not much difference um, to an artist in the Caribbean and, um, Throughout the U.S. And for you, when you recorded mm-hmm. your stuff, did you record uh, in your country, on your mm-hmm. island, or did you go elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, um, I recorded some. Uh, I worked with some producers locally, as well as uh, I went to Nashville to record um, my EP um, oh, wow. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how was that experience for you, working in the, in Nashville? It's a whole different uh vibe mm-hmm. there was a good experience mm-hmm. for you did you enjoy it yes it was an amazing experience um well you know in nashville everyone is you know everyone has a guitar everyone is playing music right. everyone um is trying to just you know make it um, in the music industry and so to be surrounded by so many artists and um you know to have that opportunity to connect with 
um, some amazing producers and songwriters. Um, it, it was an amazing opportunity, and I'm really thankful for it. Mm-hmm. How did you connect with people in advance? Like when you when you uh, decided you were going to record in Nashville, how did you determine like who your producers were going to be? Uh, you know where you mm-hmm. were going to going to record and everything else? Because obviously you don't have necessarily that in intel you know in advance. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, my manager, you know, she did a lot of research. Um, we she looked at a lot of other artists and their sound and um she basically looked for that particular producer that she felt as if what that you know that producer that would be able to produce the sound that um we we wanted you know and so um she basically just did a lot of research and finally we connected with the right persons and and you know um basically we got an opportunity to record with um well Ed Cash, Cody Norris, and um, Scott Cash um, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was that was an amazing threat. opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. the the top guys right there. It's, like literally, right. like uh, those three guys are some of my favorite people to work with in Nashville, and uh, they're just the nicest dudes. Yeah, so sweet, really yeah. down to earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was an amazing opportunity, but um, um. I do mainly uh, contemporary Christian, and um, so to find someone locally, not to say that um, locally we don't have producers that can create that sound, but um, it's not um, very common to find um, Caribbean artists, you know, leaning more towards contemporary Christian music. So um, for for me, you know, we had to go look elsewhere to, to get the sound that we want, that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that Drew, sense. you see a lot of Canadian artists doing the same thing. You know, they, right. they can record yeah. locally and there's some great producers in Canada, but you see mm-hmm. many people deciding, well, you know what, I'm going to go to the States and record these next few songs or maybe just one song mm-hmm. or maybe a complete mm-hmm. album like you did, Monique. Yes. And and so, I mean, not to, like I said, I don't want to um, to say that. Um, locally in the Caribbean and within the Bahamas, we don't have great producers. We do, but um, a lot of there are many Bahamian artists that focus more on um, Caribbean music, reggae, um, you know that particular sound. And um, I didn't necessarily want to go, you know, in that direction for this particular project. Well, you could do that for the remix, though, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And it wouldn't be hard, right? That's right. Because no. everybody listens to it and everybody knows it in the Caribbean, for sure. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you had a chance to play in America? Um, you know, sort of travel mm-hmm. some of the, uh, the southern states? Yes. Well, I had an opportunity to play on um, a stage for the Creation Fest. Um yes at one point and that was pretty good and throughout um the united states in florida i sang at a few churches um and um where else uh, throughout canada i actually went to university in canada in, uh, at acadia university so oh, yeah. yes so wolfville nova scotia shout out to all my wolfville and halifax nova scotia family <laughs> um okay. i had an opportunity to minister with a gospel choir um when I attended university back um, back then, way back then, I won't tell you how far back, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I had I had an opportunity, I had some exposure um, throughout Canada, throughout um, the United States, and and the Caribbean as well. Um, I had an opportunity to do some a few mission short term mission trips throughout the Dominican Republic, and um, 
um, Grand Cayman Islands. Um, I sang with a few groups. We traveled throughout the Caribbean and throughout the Bahama, the Bahamas and the various islands within the Bahamas. And we um, led worship and sang um, at different venues as well. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do those mission trips. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that any day. Like, w- whatever you want me to do, I'll carry your luggage for you. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. You know, I- I've never been to the Bahamas. Uh, I've been to mm-hmm. a lot of islands. Um, um, I-, I love Barbados. It's probably my favorite favorite island because the people are so nice. I've heard similar things about the Bahamas, too, so I, I will say that. Um, uh-huh. And I like um, Aruba. Aruba's nice, although a little windy at times. Um, okay. Those are probably my two favorites, and uh-huh. but there's so many different islands there, anyways. But I, yes. I definitely want to check out the Bahamas one of these days. Oh, you're welcome. Bring your entire family. You're welcome to come <laughs> anytime. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So jumping mm-hmm. back into uh, you doing CCM music, what was mm-hmm. the 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 pull to to mm-hmm. to sort of move in that direction? rather mm-hmm, than maybe mm-hmm. doing something that's a little more urban or Caribbean in, in, in flavor. Like what was, mm-hmm. uh, what was the draw to it? Like what, what, mm-hmm. what's, what made you go? Yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Great question. Well, I grew up in, I attended a private Christian school. And so um, that would have been from kindergarten right up to, to grade 12. And so. And that was I only was a couple of years ago, Drew. No, that's right. just yeah, that's yesterday. Right. Just a of, yeah. Oh, yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Just that's graduated. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was exposed to a lot of contemporary Christian music. We had um, that particular school. They um, um, brought in a lot of um, American missionaries that taught at the mm-hmm. school when I when I went there. Um, and so I was exposed to a lot of contemporary Christian music then. And um, basically, you know, when I um, just in high school, for some reason, I remember watching Z music. I don't know if you guys remember this particular that was a particular station called Z music and they played only contemporary Christian music. So um I got exposed to to artists like Jackie Velasquez, For Him, DC Talk. Um, um, There were just so many, you know, amazing um, Amy Grant. And so I remember listening to a lot of contemporary Christian music and I really, you know, I really loved it. And I, I, it was drawn to it from then. And then I went to university in Canada and um, we started singing. That's when I, I believe I was first, well, no, I would have to say at my local church, for some reason at the church that I attend, they play, you know, the worship leader um, played a lot of contemporary Christian music as well. A lot of Hillsong, a lot of Chris Tomlin. And I believe I was exposed then to, to it as well. And when I went off to um, university in Canada, the local church that I um, led worship at, um, we did a lot of contemporary Christian music as well. And so I was just basically, you know, exposed to a lot of it. Um, and, um, it was, it, I basically just, you know, sort of, um, felt like that was my sound and that was my style from, you know, from a very um, young age. And, um, so, um, and even in Canada, I, I was introduced to artists like, um, life support, the life support band, yes, love um, those guys. Chelsea Nesbitt, um, yes. and a lot of other um, 
a lot of the Canadian bands and Canadian artists. And yeah, I mean, so contemporary Christian music, it was, I just felt like it was a part of my voice, a part of my sound. And I never really had that, um, I would say, you know, gospel, that really rough, you know, gospel sound that most, you know, um, black gospel artists um, that they have. I felt as if my sound was, you know, always more, you know, geared toward or, you know, on that side of contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I mean, yeah. I, I I see myself in a little bit of your story too. Like I grew up in full on black gospel church and, you know, uh-huh. like lots of gospel playing around in the home, but I definitely mm-hmm. uh, felt a leaning towards more of the, the CCM vibe in terms of my own music. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And mm-hmm. those life support kids, uh, I've known them for longer than I wish to admit. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, they're an amazing crew and I love each one. They've, we've spent many, many days both on the road, but also in the studio together. They're incredible. They're awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Um, okay. So I'm thinking, I'm going to bug you here. So like like what, when you were young, who were you? You mentioned like Jackie Velasquez and Amy Grant. Mm -hmm. Who were like, would you say like those were like kind of the main artists that you um, found inspiration in, or were there a few others that were a little mm-hmm. more groundbreaking for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, you know, I listen to contemporary Christian music as well, but I also listen to um, other music, um, other artists as well, you know, in the industry. And, you know, of course, you know, I listen to um, CC Winans, um, yes. um, Nicole C. Mullen, um, also uh, even Israel and New Breed, because, you know, his his style is more it isn't fully black gospel but you know that's a definitely a contemporary alternative feel to his music yeah a little bit of a crossover um, there yeah yes yeah. definitely um and even now um as the years you know have gone gone by i've listened to a lot of rita springer and yeah. a lot of um you know um even on this um secular side um i love john mayer i love um um who else you know Ed Sharon, you know, artists like mm-hmm. that. I love artists that tell, you know, artists who tell stories in their music. And um, um, so, yeah, I, I, I believe that I've been influenced by, you know, a plethora of other genres, not only contemporary Christian music. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Kirk Franklin? Because it seems like whenever <laughs> I go down the to the Caribbean, like that's all they uh-huh. talk about is Kirk Franklin when it comes to, you know, the CCM <laughs> slash gospel sound. You know what I mean? Uh, well, Kirk, yeah, you know, I love Kirk Franklin. I love his music. Um, I, you know, I listened to a lot of Stomp back in the day. Um, yes, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so definitely, yeah, I, I, I love his music, you know. I, I I don't I mean I I'm not sure if I would you know say that I you know would do some of his style of music but I definitely love his stuff. Yeah. Well, you can only do his style if you have a choir with you because <laughs> exactly because how much does he actually sing, right? Do you want a revolution? <laughs> That's right. I said, do you want a revolution? That's all he does. That's all he does. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. The, yeah, the question is, the question is, can he uh-huh. sing? Oh, he actually can. I, I know. I know so. he can. Yeah. I know he can. Yeah. I know he can. But, but he never does. He right. never does. Right. <laughs> but he's smart. 
You know, he's, he is, he's, he's yeah. brilliant in what he's done there. He so, yeah. he's so a great musician. Yeah, he, he is. is uh, yeah. And, he, and he knows music like he knows yes. he, he can put together arrangements and stuff because he's uh-huh. he's done that when he's done collaborations with other artists like for King and Country and, and whoever else. Uh-huh. Right. right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he's done. He's done a great job with that. Now, yes. I got to say, Monique, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the States and in Canada, and you may have seen this when you, uh, you know, did some of your post-secondary education in Canada. But we've mm-hmm. we've gotten a lot more casual uh, in North America as far as dress code for church, and mm-hmm. and I know in the Caribbean uh, Sunday, I mean you dress to the nines, you're mm-hmm. dressed up like it is mm-hmm. the thing when you go to church. Is yeah. it still like that? Uh, like, is it mm-hmm. that's what you have to do? Like, you can't go in jeans and and oh. casual. Like, it's <laughs> it's unheard of. Correct? Uh huh. Well, yes. Um, over the years, it has changed. There has been some sort of you know evolution in that area. Um, I remember singing in um worship team the the very first time that I joined the worship team at my local church. We could not wear pants. We could not wear jeans um, if you were going to, you know, minister in front of, um, you know, the congregation. You had to wear a, a dress or a skirt, you know, a, a, a long skirt, not too long. If you were now, let's qualify. If you were a woman, obviously. Yeah, if you're a right. female, okay. yes. Because if it was a guy jeans. wearing a dress or a skirt, I mean, <laughs> that might be a little exactly. Sorry, sorry. just thought I'd throw that in there. That was free. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, jeans out of the question, pants out of the question. And then maybe five years um, after that, five to let's say 10 years after that, I, I hope I'm not giving away my age, but five, 10 years after that, um, I saw where, you know, the, the leadership, they were like, okay, you can wear pants as long as you wear, like, you know, make sure it's modest, make sure you cover up, you know, your, you know, make sure that you wear a long shirt or something, you know, to make sure that it's modest, right? And then eventually, um, as time went on, I saw that, you know, okay, you can wear pants and they, they didn't really, um, you know, make a big fuss about it. So I've seen that over the years, um, you know, in terms of dressing that, you know, they have relaxed a little bit over here as well, but in general, you still dress up. Um, you yeah. still wear your nice dress for Sunday, um, Sunday church locally here in the Bahamas. So yeah, it's still a big thing. Um, they are a little bit more accepting of persons. If you want to go in jeans and you wear a nice top, then it's fine. Um, no one will look at you like, you know, strangely or anything. But in general, the more the older persons, they tend to, yeah, they still want to wear their nice Sunday outfit, their nice Sunday dress. And you, you have some pastors, they still wear their suits when they preach. Um, so it's, it's still basically the same um, kind of vibe. But in general, um, they're, they're a lot more relaxed now. You know, you know my yeah. my brother is a lead pastor of a church, and mm-hmm. uh, and they are very casual. Like uh, they they are extremely casual. And and my cousin went to visit the church once, and you know he's going to church, so he dresses up in a suit and a tie and everything else. And he was sitting uh-huh. in the front row because you know he was visiting and he wanted to be able to see my brother up when he, when he preaches and stuff. And mm-hmm. everybody thought that he was a guest speaker because he was dressed up oh. like that. And uh-huh. uh, I think he was a little embarrassed when he saw that nobody else dressed up and he never came back (laughs) which is is a little sad which is sad i suppose for anybody else he was just visiting so it wasn't a big deal but hopefully nobody else felt that way visiting for the first time and doesn't come back because of it but i I remember in a church i used to attend and I, i i attended this other church for probably about 20 years 
And uh, it was in the middle of the summer. And in Toronto, uh, when it's when it's hot and humid, it is, you know, it's stifling. And and I won't say it's worse than the Caribbean or anything like that. But but I think the humidity takes, um, you know, has a huge factor to play. And the buildings that we have church in, they're not open air. There's no open windows or open vents at the top of the church or anything like that, like you see in a lot of the houses in the Caribbean. Um, so it's pretty hot. And so this one summer, the air conditioning died in the church. And oh, right. and that was the first time the church said, you know, for this summer, we're going to go casual. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all the pastors dressed in casual and trying to promote the fact that, you know, they're trying to downplay the whole, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's humid and it's too hot because they wanted people to still come to church and not be, mm-hmm. you know, drenched in sweat by the end of the service, even though they probably mm-hmm. still were. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the, that was probably the. Drew, that was probably the start of casual Sundays in in North America was at my church because the AC died. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know what's really, really, really funny is that I Mm -hmm. think I might have guessed Monique's age. Oh, my goodness. I think between between, like listening to her influences, sort of figuring Uh out what she was listening to in university and stuff. 20s, right? 20s? I think. 25 max. Right. Okay. I agree. Is that a good answer? Is that a good answer? There we go. It's perfect. There we go. Which is exactly my age, too. (laughs) Right. And mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 No, really? For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Sorry. So yeah. uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, we, we alluded to this or, or talked a little bit about this uh, earlier uh-huh. as far as, you know, the climate uh, for a singer such as yourself in the CCM world. And yes. the fact that, you know, in the summer, t- or not in the summertime, but I guess all year long in Canada and the U.S., typically a, mm-hmm. a singer or a worship leader will be, you know, booking their weekends for church services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have as much demand for that, given the fact that in the islands, mm-hmm. um, CCM isn't as as popular? Mm-hmm. Can I say it that way? Mm-hmm. As popular? Mm-hmm. So well, it, does it make mm-hmm. it more difficult to book gigs, as it were? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I would say um, I find that a lot of the youth groups, a lot of the youth ministries, especially, um, they're open to worship. Yeah, they definitely they're open to it. And they, they would like their students to connect to worship in that way. But they also love the energy. You know, they love the reggae, you know, the reggae artists, the rap artists. Yeah. Um, they love They want to see that the kids are, you know, engaged and, you know, having fun as well. So, I mean, I think there is a, there is definitely a demand for for worship. Um, and I have had a lot of um, ministries and youth ministries, youth pastors contact me and they they would like their their kids to be exposed to worship and to learn more about worship and to engage in worship, you know, so the, the demand is there um, uh, due to COVID, obviously, um, due to the pandemic, obviously, um, a lot of churches, they are now live streaming and a lot of the youth services are now being live streamed. Um, um, just recently, um, they have been going back into the church, um, but more, you know, doing the social distancing thing. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say for contemporary Christian music artists in the Caribbean, there is definitely uh, a demand. And I find that um, more churches, they are um, more open um, now to contemporary Christian music. Yes, they love their Caribbean music. They love the reggae. They love, you know, that, that gospel, black gospel sound that most Caribbean churches, um, you know, 
love. But at the same time, I find that they are more open to Hillsong. They're more open to, um, you know, other other artists. And, and they, you know, basically they make it their own in a way when they yeah. do sing it. I mean, could it could some of that be attributed to uh, some form of peer pressure in the sense that, you know, that's what. I'll say the rest of the world is doing. It's not really mm-hmm. the rest of the world. That's what a lot of North America is doing. But of mm-hmm. course, North America thinks that they're the the one place of wonder that mm-hmm. nobody else can, you know, <laughs> imitate or whatever else, wow. you know, mm-hmm. I, and I'm saying that sarcastically. I'm, I'm sure it's not the case, but I think a lot of times, you know, and anytime I've been in one of the islands, mm-hmm. um, um, how do I say this? I, I, I think a lot of people kind of look at you thinking, oh, you're from, you know, the United States or, oh, you're, you're from Canada and, and mm-hmm. they admire that. And mm-hmm. is it more of the, uh, the fact that, you know, you, you can see what's happening in the church in North America. And so they try mm-hmm. to emulate that to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's possible. And it could be that, you know, there aren't that many options out there in terms of it's either you, if you are a local church and you have your worship band either you create your own music and your own style or you um you know you use the music that is available to you and so um if you look at what's available right now it's mainly you know contemporary christian music it's mainly you have major bands like hillsong um bethel worship um you know um Elevation uh, Church, Elevation uh, Elevation Church. Those are the major, and just recently, Maverick City. Mm-hmm. I've seen oh, this. Yeah. You know, they're real. They're, I mean, they're amazing, amazing mm-hmm. um, movement. But you have these groups that they are being pushed out there into the mainstream, and and basically, those are the options. If you're not creating your own music, writing your own music as a body, as a church, uh, uh, within your I mean, through your worship band, through your singer-songwriters that you have locally um, in the Caribbean, throughout the Caribbean. Um, if you're not doing that, then the only o- other option that you have is to to sing what's popular out there and um, to to use those songs that, you know, your congregation would most likely know because it's being um, pushed out there and in, in, onto the mainstream. So, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, I don't, I'm not certain if, if, worship leaders if churches and leadership if they have a choice but to um you know sing those songs that are available to them sure Uh, Mm -hmm. but i will say you know Uh, to your point about um you know the the fact that the caribbean style or the reggae style if mm -hmm. if people have that ability they've got Mm -hmm. the you know they've got that vibe in their in their skill set whether it's the Mm -hmm. drummer or the bass player or you know keyboardist Mm -hmm. or whatever else you could take Mm -hmm. those hillsong bethel elevation tracks and and make them your own like yes and and that to me is amazing like i love definitely, that definitely definitely you know, it's, it's like a remix of of all that stuff in fact mm-hmm. i think it might even sound better to a certain extent <laughs> yeah, right? that's right that's right yeah yeah and i i think it's important um for yeah, i've learned this over the years for for worship leaders wherever you are to um to to be aware of the style that you know the congregation would be most you know um i guess comfortable with and and to you know be sure to to, to be aware of that and to, you know, um, minister music, you know, in that particular style. Um, because uh, it would be difficult for, let's say, you know, a particular congregation congregation, and, you know, they're, they're more 
they would lean more towards this style and then you're singing another style, you know, it it may be, you know, it may be difficult for them to really get into the worship experience. One of the things on a different, on a different note, Monique, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the things I've noticed over the last little while um, Mm -hmm. is artists will uh, record a song and then they do a whole bunch of remixes of these songs. Mm -hmm. And, and I, Initially, I, I saw that happening, I, and I thought, "Why are they doing that?" Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I've got some some ideas on it, which I'll share in, in just a second. But um, okay. sometimes they would release the song to radio, and it was it was the wrong version that they released to to radio. And the one I can think of offhand is Sarah Reeves. She's got a song that's I believe it's called "Just Want You," mm-hmm. and it's very uh, the original version that got sent to radio was this very um, non-upbeat version of the song. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I started playing it because uh, I'm the, also the music director at the radio station. And so mm-hmm. we've been playing it. And then they subtly, I'll say subtly, came up with a, a pop version of that song, right. which That's sounds right. great and so much yep. better. Like the original version I didn't think was going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they released the pop version. And I guess everybody started picking up the pop version, which we've done as well. And mm-hmm. and now it seems to be climbing up the charts. To, to a certain mm-hmm. extent, that drives me a little nuts because my thought is, as a music director of a radio station, you know, release the right version to start, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of, you know, changing your mind after the fact or, or I don't know if they were trying to test the waters or whatever. But uh, I've I kind of have an idea of why they've done that as well, and this will probably mm-hmm. be another extended conversation that Drew and I have one of these days. But okay. I, I think one of the reasons why they've been doing these remixes is because they can get more plays on mm-hmm. streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. You, you'll you'll like the initial song, and then oh, they've got a pop version, or then now they got a reggae version, or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. so you listen to all these different versions, and the mm-hmm. more times you listen to it, the more money the artist is making, mm-hmm. right? Especially Definitely. if they're with the label that can push this stuff. Um, I think it's all about streaming. Am I? Mm-hmm. Would you say I'm right, Drew? I, that's definitely a part of it because the thing about streaming is that if one track doesn't you know work for your vibe, one of these remixes will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I agree. one thing will sort of hit at home, and it was just like back in the day, you used to get like a, a cassette singles. I don't know if you remember those cassette yeah, singles. Yeah. And they would What's have a cassette. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, right? yeah. Hang on, hang on, like, hang on, hang on. Monique, do you know oh, what a cassette is? Oh yes, gosh. definitely. Okay. Have, unfortunately, uh-huh. unfortunately, you're you're go. dating every one of us right now. Okay. <laughs> Am I right, Drew? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, you were talking about cassettes on singles on cassettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they would have like they would have like sometimes like three songs per side, and it was always these like crazy, 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 crazy singles, and. Uh-huh. It was intentional because they would do one for radio, one for like a different radio like genre, like maybe hot AC or maybe it's an R and B. They would do like a couple club mixes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would do, and so they would set it up. So like if we can't play on your station, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. we'll play it on the on the drive time or we'll play it on the you know, the overnight because we can do the the, the club mix. We can do right. it's the right. same kind of thing. Yeah. Let's just hit mm-hmm. all the markets as we possibly can. So, so the- you're hearing like country music do like now house music now yeah like these yeah. country artists are doing these you know and so it's 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 a great way of getting your music out there to as many people as possible right and so mm-hmm. that that brings me back to what i was going to ask you monique um mm-hmm. are you would you would you do remixes on some of your existing uh, material mm-hmm. some of your existing songs yeah definitely i would definitely i i would be open to that um i 
if you if you take a listen to the album, you will see even uh, with a few of the songs, there's a good mix of some alternative, soft rock, pop, yeah. um, and even a little bit of country in there. So I'm I'm definitely open to other genres. Um, I would not be. Uh, closed off from that at all. Well, and if you watch, Soka mix. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Soka mix, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, Soka, reggae, um, yeah. whatever it is, if, a little bit of um, um, techno. Yeah, that's right. that's right. That's right, girl. Now, Drew, if you watch, if you watch her music videos, you can you can tell she's got the beat though. Because she's dancing to this stuff already, and you know the shoulders going and stuff. It's like, yeah, she's got it. She's got oh it. Like she can hear oh it in her goodness. mind, and and we can hear it as she's singing it. So yeah, it's 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 there already to a certain extent. Yeah, I will agree with that. Just, That's a good one. Yeah, I'm definitely open open to to other genres. Yeah, I just uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be the thing. It seems to be really being pushed these days, as far yeah, as these these remixes and stuff. And I just thought I'd bring that up because it's it's interesting to see what's happening and how everything's been you know evolving. And I think part of it has to do with the whole COVID thing because you know what else have artists had to do? Like you mm-hmm. know, apart from cry from depression. Yeah, like they're not they're, <laughs> they don't have time. They, they can't do the concerts, right? Or they haven't exactly. been able to do the the in person concerts and stuff. Right. So it's the online right. stuff. And let's hey, yes. let's do a remix of this song. Got the time on my hands, right? Yeah, that's yes, right. Yeah. yes. That's a right. lot of a lot of live streaming, a lot of Instagram um, lives. Uh, definitely uh, the way to go during yeah. this time for artists. Mm-hmm. Were you doing? Have you been doing any of that? Well, I've basically focused a lot on my social media um, platforms a lot of youtube i've been recording recently a lot of youtube videos to release um i recorded an acoustic um actually an acoustic set of the ep just recently that i'm I'm preparing to release it's a beautiful project that i got a chance to work on and um yeah so i plan to also do some covers as well uh this year a lot more covers and um yeah definitely um artists during this time during the pandemic we have to be creative we have to be innovative and the social media platforms available are you know are the way to go yeah focus on those and um i know a lot of other artists are also you know doing a lot of drive in concerts where persons can drive in and um, sit in their cars and listen to the to the music that way um that's a creative way to go um but Besides that, a lot of live streaming, um, pushing out new music onto mm-hmm. streaming websites like Spotify and um, YouTube. Um, so, I mean, you, we just have to be innovative and creative yeah. during yeah, this season. Right. Mm-hmm. For, for the artists yeah. that haven't been doing that over the last year, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where they're going to be in the future. Because mm-hmm. uh, like you, yeah. you've said, you know, it, it, it sounds... Uh, very business-like to a certain extent when you say you've been concentrating on, on your social media, but that's mm-hmm. part of the business, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. what else could you do? It's not like you could be performing in front of a crowd or anything like that anyways. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not take the time that you have to, you know, as some people have done, you know, the live streaming, uh, mm-hmm. some people have, and Drew and I joke around about this, but, you know, some people have written books, some people have started yes. podcasts, yes. and that's that's great because they're they're at least trying to keep busy and hopefully mm-hmm. um you know recouping some of their lost revenues in doing some of that and mm-hmm. but also spending the time doing the the business side of things and 
part of that is the social media part of that is you know still connecting with your audience in some form mm-hmm. or fashion and and mm-hmm. being forward thinking like you, you just mentioned that you've recorded some stuff that you haven't released yet you know some of the yes. acoustic stuff which means mm-hmm. you've been working you've got some stuff and over the course of time over the next little while you're going to be releasing that stuff yes but you've already done the work for it which is awesome mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's the key just keep working at you know um what you have with what you have at, at the present moment um so yeah i think it's it's important to feel like okay just because you, you cannot have a concert you know you have to just stop yeah. doing anything yeah no yeah. Um, use what you have um you know and be creative with, with, with what you have. Yeah. Now, Drew, can, can you, Drew, Drew, can you share, um, we talked about this and it never made it to one of our episodes, but a few weeks ago you did a live stream on, I think it was Instagram Yes. and you yes. were able to double your viewership. And, and yeah. the reason why I know about it is because I asked you about it. Now I'll share from my perspective, I will share what happened. It was a, I know it was a Friday night, I believe. And I, I was watching a video or something like that. And I got a notification on my phone. I think I ended up going onto Instagram and, uh, I, the notification came, came up basically saying, uh, Drew Brown is on Instagram Live, and he mentioned you. I'm thinking, oh, he mentioned me. I'm thinking, how the heck did he do that? And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, I hope he said something good about me. And then I asked you about it after the weekend when we were getting together for, you know, between the grooves, and you know, we talked about this off mic, so it didn't make it to a <laughs> to an episode. But can you tell us what you did there? Yes. So, um, yeah, I do these Friday night lives and, um, you know, they're pretty late at night. They're like 10 o'clock at night and they go until like 1230 or 1am. And, um, and I was like, I want to get some more people in here. Cause when I first started it, the numbers were massive and then they started to trickle down. And now I'm like Mm -hmm. averaging like 20, 25 people tops. I'm like, okay, which is fine. That's fine. But you know, I want more. So what I did is I, in the title of my Instagram live, I said, you, know, you can say whatever you want. And I put mentioned you so that it would say Drew Brown is live <laughs> and he mentioned you. That's and brilliant. so I knew, cause I knew that people would be like, Oh, what do you say about me? Like right. I knew I can sort of, oh, wow. you know, I, I can lean towards people's own you know, mm. ego and curiosity a little bit. And they would, and the numbers were insane. Mm. I think it started off instantly wow. with like 40 people. When as high as like eighty or ninety, which is the <laughs> largest I ever had, and then people just stuck around. So instead of uh, having like twenty five, I had to get like fifty five, sixty for, for the majority of the show. Because they're waiting to hear, like, mm-hmm. they're waiting to hear what you have to say about them. <laughs> well, no, most of them got, most of them like, oh, it's a trick. Oh, you got me. Most of them told, and like a lot of people who, t- who timed in were like mm-hmm. famous people that I don't actually know in real life. Right. But I follow them. I <laughs> say they followed me for some random reason. So I'm like, oh, that wow. person. Oh, wow, that, oh, that person. Oh, that musician. Oh, I better put my A game on. It was a funny experiment that worked out really, really, really well. Oh, wow. I need to try yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. It's, well, it's very now, effective. Now everybody knows. Right? Yeah. So everybody yeah. else is going to be doing it. But, you know, you heard it from Drew. Drew's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. we're not going to charge anything for it. There's no there handling go. fee. There's no royalties or anything you have Nothing to worry about. Just, just do it yourself. I think That's part right. of the reason why the numbers went down a bit and after the initial time, Drew, is because a lot of people have been doing this, you know, Instagram Live and Facebook Live stuff. Mm-hmm. And so sure. there's a lot of choice to be had as well. Mm-hmm. There's tons. Yes. There's yeah. tons. Yes. And also it was late at night. <laughs> like yeah. It was like you know, ten, 10 people are like in the middle of watching a movie. 
<laughs> or they're, you know, they're going to bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I'm like, I didn't expect both. people to stick around. <laughs> yeah. Both, you know. I didn't expect mm-hmm. people to stay around, but I figured I'd be able to get more people tuning in for at least five seconds. And at least mm-hmm. they can say, no, I'm going to bed. Right. And, and, just being and, and the stats, the stats would look good for you either exactly. way. Exactly, you, you had those people tuning in, which is that's right, which is exactly. great. So hey, that's yeah. being forward thinking. That's using the technology, taking yeah. advantage of it, and getting people yeah. to tune in. It's like it's like those um, uh, the clickbait is what it is. That's exactly what it was. That's yeah. exactly yes. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that that was that that was a little side little note that i just wanted to mention while i remember it so monique sorry we Uh we left you out of that conversation for a little bit there that's good so um what's what's in store for you for the next little while obviously you know Uh hopefully we're coming out of this covid stuff now and things are looking better they're looking promising uh there's light at the end of the tunnel um you know there's the vaccine that's out various versions of it and people are getting their you know rolling up their sleeves and getting the needle and stuff um Mm -hmm. what does it look like for you like what are your plans Mm -hmm. well right now i'm definitely um i have plans to release you know a few like i said a few acoustic videos Mm -hmm. i also have a new music video that will be out for one of the songs on the EP, I Am. And you can look out for that. Also, um, basically, I'll just be writing new songs, um, using this time to write new songs. And hopefully I can, I would like to release some new material by fall of this year. Um, You can look out for either a new single or even maybe uh, a full album, depending on how things go. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, that is all I've got. Do you have anything, Drew? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Monique, thank you so much for uh, hanging with us and, and mm-hmm. chatting. Thank you so much. It was it was great being able to meet up, meet with you all in this podcast. Thank you, James. Thank you, Drew. And um, all the best to you both. Great conversation with Monique Therese. You know, I, I think this is the first time we've had a chat with anybody in the Caribbean. I think you're that, right. that lives and does lives. music right. in that, uh, you know, in this genre, in that area. And uh, right. I'm, I'm just so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think of the yeah. Caribbean, you don't really think of CCM. You think more of the yeah, reggae right. and the soca and, you know, that sort of genre. Because yeah. that's yeah. that's what uh, – Maybe it's the tourism industry there. When you, whenever you go to visit one of these islands, that's what you hear because that's what they're trying to pump out. And they're great at it, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, but you totally. don't necessarily hear that CCM sound. But I can understand how in a church, in a church environment, you would because it's it's worship. And whether you're worshiping right. in a different language or in a different country, a lot of it's the same. I remember uh, when I was younger, going on a short-term mission trip, and we went to uh, South America, and we were in... Argentina and Paraguay. And I remember specifically in Paraguay, uh, we were in a, um, it was a, it was an old motel that they converted into a hostel. And that's where we stayed. I, I can remember, you know, attending the church and, and we weren't performing or anything. We were just participants and they were singing a Christian CCM style song that we sang in church, but it was a totally different language. Like totally, right. you know, the, and we knew the English version of it and they were sping, singing it in Spanish, which was, which was awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, yep. so I don't think there's any, um, difference in music, uh, songs as versus maybe the style that the song is presented in. Right. That's right. And yeah. so that's what that we were cool. hearing Monique say where, you know, they will have the same music, but they'll have their own spin to it. You know, they'll put a little yeah. reggae beat into it or whatever, you know? 
I was on a trip down to uh, to Jamaica. Well, this would have been like 2005 or six, and um, I was in. I wasn't like you know like on the beach, Jamaica. I was like in the bush, you know, in the mountains, in the bush, man. Right. So it was suffering like, for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And so you know, I was uh, I had some uh, some family down there as well. So I went to the family church, and it's a small little tiny little church in the in the mountains. I grabbed my guitar and uh, the pastor wanted me to play some songs. I'm like, great. And, yeah, I play some hymns, whatever. The songs he wanted me to play were all like Hillsong and Tomlin. Okay. I'm like, oh, well, you, don't, you don't want me to do any hymns? Like, no, 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 no. Play like How Great Is Our God and Mighty to Save. I'm like, okay. Right. That's totally fine. But it was funny. Like, that's the songs that they wanted to hear. It was, um, and, 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 and only because, they're, first of all, they're just great songs. Yeah. But also, yeah, when they did it, when I, when I played with them, it was definitely in the style yeah. of, you know, you know, it, it wasn't just like straight chords, you know, countrified. And so, um, but it was funny how these are the songs that churches sing all around the world. And it's, yeah, just really cool that way. Back in the day, you know, when, when I was involved in these short-term mission trips, I think I only did a couple of them, but it seemed like we were there forever, right? It's, you're there for a couple of weeks, but it <laughs> right. seems like you're there for six months. And um, I did find at that time that the praise and worship was a little dated. So it was, they were a few years mm-hmm. behind, but I would, you know, and I, maybe we should have asked Monique this. I would say that nowadays it's, it's probably very, very current. And the reason why is so. because we've got the internet, we've got things, we've That's got right. technology that, would, that wasn't available even 20 years ago. Um, right. So now it would definitely be right up to par as far as what you would expect in a North American church for that matter. I would agree. Yeah. So it's an interesting cool. perspective cool. to hear, uh, you know, what was, uh, what had her career has been like um, being from the Bahamas and yeah. uh, being involved in a genre that isn't as popular as it would be in North America for her. Right. 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 Yeah. And then what it takes to make that career fly and not maybe having the opportunities that we would have in North America as far as leading worship in a church as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to hear perspective, her perspective and, uh, and a great conversation. And you can find out more about Monique on her website, www. Does anybody say www. Anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're old school. <laughs> Monique Therese music.com. You can find out all the social stuff, all the videos, bio, all the details you need to know about that amazing person from our great conversation. So it's time for artist advice. Now, one of our guests last year, Tarian, has had her new six-song EP out for a few months now. Recently toured with Toby Mac, Torn Wells, We Are Messengers, Unspoken, and Cochrane and Company. Uh, that was on the Hits Deep tour that uh, Toby does every mm-hmm. year. And yep. she has today's artist advice. It's so simple. It's just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading you. I think that's going to that's gonna be the key there. Was that the shortest uh, ours advice we've had so far? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't okay. think so. We've had shorter, but I don't think we've ever aired it. <laughs> <laughs> St- uh, still good. Still true. Yes, like, yes. That was great. That yeah. was great. But but I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super sure. I love it. It was yeah. so good. Don't need much. That's right. It's It's yeah. all, you know, what she said in those very few words and that is it for this week folks it is time for us to go we hope you enjoyed the show make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every monday don't forget to leave us a rating and a review that just helps us reach more people 
And if you enjoy partaking in the goodness of Facebook or Twitter, um, you can find us there at Between Grooves. Let us know what you think about the show. Maybe throw us some ideas for future episodes. We would love to connect with you there on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. And until then, we will see you next time right here. Same bad channel, same bad time on Between the Grooves. The, the goodness of Facebook and Twitter. My goodness. Like I mean, I, social I, media I, I, described as the goodness. I know. <laughs> I, I just got back on social media, so I'm I'm, I'm rediscovering it now. <laughs> rediscovering it. <laughs> no, it's still the same, buddy. Still it's the still the same. same crap. Yeah. 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 <laughs>